They say even the cows here love to throat sing. Standing in a classic Quebec landscape. The clouds are gathered, but not quite gray. The barns are made of rusted metal, almost barn red. The red-facing wall of one is covered by a mural mirroring its surroundings. All the fields and spaced out trees, like a rusted chameleon. Maybe if I stood directly in front of it, it would disappear. My French is inexcusable, but luckily, according to the French in France, the French in Quebec is inexcusable too. I'd quarrel with the French on this. Quebecois is terrific. Even when I don't understand it. I've always felt like I've done some of my best hitchhiking in Quebec. The rides come easy and quick. It might have something to do with being French-adjacent. Francophone, but not quite French. Hitchhiking in France is fine, but sometimes you end up waiting for hours. Places where French is a little bit diluted. Switzerland, say, or especially Quebec. You hardly ever wait more than five minutes. There aren't too many cars here, though. That's the downside of farm country. A couple farmers waved as they drove by on tractors, but that's been about it. I don't mind waiting in places like this, though. I'm happy to be here. A car comes along eventually. It's driven by the Japanese-born, Berlin-based choreographer, dancer, and hitchhiker Yuya Fujinami. As the car moves down the road, we start talking about his first hitchhike. Really long time ago, more than 10 years ago, when I was in Japan, just my city to next city, one hour away. So that was my first hitchhiking experience. Then my real hitchhiking starting since 2017, three years ago. What led you to it that first time back when you were in Japan? What gave you the idea? Actually, it was just like spontaneous with my friend, was just curious. Mm. Like, you know, if it picks it up or it just doesn't work here in Japan, I just think really curious. Was there a culture of hitchhiking in Japan or is it just something you'd read about or seen in movies? <laughs> no, I never heard it. And my friend also never done. So I never heard it from others. It just maybe from the movie, like maybe Stand By Me or <laughs> I don't, it just came up. <laughs> Did you start in Germany in 2017? Yeah, since I'm living in Berlin in 2017, before I was 10 years in the theater working, so I didn't have any time 
And since I became a freelancer, so I started in Berlin. Is it unusual for a dancer to go hitchhiking? Do you know any others who go? <laughs> no, actually not. I think it's not so common nowadays. You know, we can't travel so cheap that the bus or that the train, you can go cheap and faster. So I think it's not so common in, in Europe. But I think actually few people does it, but really, really few. <laughs> and then so you headed down to the Balkans? Yeah, yeah. I was in the Balkan, like Greece, Albania, and from Albania to Kosovo. Were there any of those places that you were surprised by when you got there hitchhiking, just randomly? Yeah, that's a lot. When I was in the hitchhiking Portugal, yeah, what really surprised me, because I was in Spain before, and Spain was quite hard. Yeah, I've, I've had no luck hitchhiking in Spain. <laughs> People just don't <laughs> yeah. stop. Yeah. No, not especially when I was in Madrid. I was, and it's summer, 35 degrees under uh. the sun. I was really stuck in Madrid. Uh, eventually, I arrived in Portugal. And um, yeah, how different, you know, that country is just right next to Spain, but how different. I was never waiting more than 20 minutes in uh, Portugal. And uh, in Portugal, it was really always fun. I didn't decide anywhere, so then just thumbs up, thumbs up. And um, yeah, I was arrived at a really beautiful coast and cliff, so the most beautiful sunset. It was like best, actually, memories. Uh, beautiful nature, <laughs> beautiful beach, beautiful sea. When you're waiting for cars, I sometimes end up standing around, maybe just stretching my legs, almost sort of dancing. Is that ever something you do? <laughs> when you're waiting, right? In yeah, car, you're just you're bored. Waiting. You're trying to do something. Yeah, because I'm dancer. So I think yeah, I do naturally a bit of like stepping, but not like, yeah, stretching also. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, I just a little bit easy turns, like, you know, a bit of bend your knees, like a bit of <laughs> like head swings. <laughs> but also, of course, it depends on the mood. <laughs> Yeah, like I guess when you're stuck in a place for hours, right? It's you're not feeling yeah, that happy yeah, anymore. Uh, when it's extremely hot. Were there any rides you've had that were particularly funny or fun, or just people you connected with really well? Actually, when I was hitchhiking with a friend, that was in Vienna, and at that time we were dancing crazy, really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I was like, sure, nobody gonna stop. And then after 10 minutes crazy dancing, one old car stopped. The old guy about middle, like 60, he picked us up and he told me he had also like, hitchhiking before, like 50 years ago, all around the world. So that's why he picked uh, us up. And um, just like we wanted to go to Italy from Vienna and he's exactly going to the Italy. <laughs> but that place was in the mountain, the beautiful, the, you know, he didn't pass the highway, so he passed on the small road, so he could show us a little, like, road trip, and he showed us beautiful places, like nature, lakes, uh, or, like, even we went to cafes, and he has a ho own hotel, so he found me to stay hotel, and we actually helped him, because we didn't pay, but we wanted to give it back so we are like cutting the wood or put the flowers in his garden <laughs> how long did you stay with him five days 
<laughs> That's a pretty yeah. sizable stop. Yeah, like yeah, was not planned and it was so beautiful, like small places. And um, I met also his wife, and she's really spiritual person. And then when I saw her first time and we hugged, I got electronic shock. I don't know why. <laughs> it never happened to me, you know, when I had someone and got electronic or in your body, and I felt like naked she i felt like she saw me everything i felt completely naked in front of her but i don't know why and i asked my friend also he hugged her but he didn't feel anything but i didn't ask why should she what are you doing and then just about to leave them she told me she could see the aura and she explained to me what type of aura i have and she told me she never seen my color that I have in my aura. She told me she saw so many people, the auras, but she, she never seen that my color. Do you ever allow any of these sorts of experiences you have while hitchhiking? Do they ever influence the sort of choreography you do or the sort of dancing? Yeah, I think so. Because like, I felt it's a bit similar, dance and hitchhike. When you are hitchhiking, so you are more like curious about people, the culture, how the language changes, how the culture changes. You see through them by the traveling. This is for me also like when I'm working with my role, I try to understand much more than what character I do when I'm dancing. And then I more try to understand my colleagues. So it really helps me. I can more try to understand or I try to more even more connected who is he, who is she, and then what role I perform. I'm trying to much more connected with the, my role. Somehow people told me my dancing has changed. I think my mind is changes. Mm. I think much more I feel like more open, open mind, let's say. So I accepted what they are and what comes and the situations. And um, yeah, influence my dance. Did I read correctly that the first time you went hitchhiking, you'd had an injury right before that? Or the first long trip you took hitchhiking? Yeah, like but knee injury. So I was ten months off. Oh. I couldn't dance for ten. I couldn't walk for ten months. So I did surgery and rehab, rehabilitation. And the moment I could able to walk again and feel more safe to carry the backpack and walk around. So I was kind of like depression because like in the summer it was already warm enough and everybody going out and I have to stay in the kind of house and I couldn't enjoy. So I just decided that in the middle of the process of rehab, I actually went to hitchhike to Greece. <laughs> Did it help? Yeah. yeah, it was okay. I was also training, you know, in the morning, you know, I still keep doing also rehab. Oh, hitchhiking. And then really that moment, because I was injured and couldn't dance and I was like kind of down. And this moment, the hitchhiking experience was very special. I felt much more connected with the people, culture, nature than uh, when I was not injured. On your travels, did you ever end up meeting up with dancers? I was in Kazakhstan last summer. I, I met this guy who was hitchhiking around and just finding like salsa clubs everywhere he went. Uh -huh. Did you ever seek out dancers while traveling? No, actually, I haven't met dancers, but I met them, you know, street musicians, and then they are praying and then just talk to them and then we are just collaborate or just like I was dancing the music on the street. Yeah, that was also a very nice moment. <laughs>
how long would you spend with them? Just spend the day together or just a couple hours? Yeah, just a couple of hours. They're just night. Next day, then I keep checking again. Did you ever have any rides that scared you? Made you wonder, why am I doing this? Most of the time, I have a really beautiful experience. But uh, one time, I was in uh, France. Midnight, I arrived somewhere, a small village. I didn't have my tent or sleeping bag. It was a bit too cold to sleep outside. And it was raining. It was in the mountain. And I was like, okay, maybe I have to sleep in the hotel. Or hostel. But... It was too expensive. There's no hostel and only hotel. And the hotel was too expensive because anyway, I wanted to sleep a few hours and then next day in the morning, mm-hmm. I wanted already to continue. So I was sitting in the streets, but there's nobody. I was like, shit, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> For like seven hours until the sun comes up. Then I saw the old guy was standing at the other side of the street. And then I just ran to him and I started to talk, you know, nicely. I gave it my smile. And then actually in the beginning, we had a nice conversation. And then I just asked him, you know, can I crash on your couch just over the night, you know, friendly. Because, you know, because midnight and he's already old and he said, no. He said, like, I don't know you. Of course, and then I understood that I said, like, I have no place to sleep. And he said, go to hotel. It's not my business. You are the stranger. It's not my business. That he told me. But I was like trying to convince him. So please, please, please. <laughs> and then eventually I convinced him. And then I thought he's a bit angry. And he told me like, okay, come with me. Okay. And I followed him. And then he was like, walked like three steps front of me and we didn't talk on the way to his home so and he looked at me and he told me like are you gay mm. he, just, he just asked me yeah no i'm not gay and he said i'm little gay but for me it's fine you know i am the artist i'm the dancer i have a lot of friends it mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me for me i'm not uh, judgment and then like no no problem i like, no, I, I didn't like yeah it's fine I just want to sleep <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. have a nice talk. I'm really fine with that already. I'm like happy with that. And then I arrived at his house and then we had a really still nice talk. And luckily he talked very good English because he was working 40 years in Paris and he retired and then he just decided to move to the countryside and he had a chill life. Beautiful stories and it's a really beautiful place. Then he was getting closer to me, and then he was trying to seducing me. Mm. How, how did that experience end? Did you end up leaving early, or no? The end, like because I didn't have another choice because it was too cold, and I didn't think I couldn't find it. You know, if I leave the house, so I just said, "Please stop it," and then stop it. Then he went to sleep, and then I went to sleep. Also in the morning, I left. Mm. Uh, it was a moment I'd be terrible, yeah. Yeah. But it's fine, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that he spoke very good English. Have you had rides or have you met people along your travels where you were sort of forced to communicate without language? Yeah, and in Spain, yeah, and France, the, most of the times. <laughs> I mean, especially the Spain. 
trying to hand language, like <laughs> hand sign, like kind yeah. of communicating. And it's like, you know, they have that mobile. The Google Translate. Like, exactly. <laughs> it does work very well. <laughs> Do you think your background as a dancer might have helped you with sort of expressing yourself with your hands, like somehow speaking without speaking? <laughs> with like a body language? Could be, but... Uh, mm, no, not it didn't really help. <laughs> that anyway, I'm dancing through the body, so <laughs> so the hands are too small apart to express with, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> do you think you'll be hitchhiking again in the future? Yeah, I was planning to do, like actually right now in yeah. South Asia. Of course, you know this COVID and I have to cancel. But yeah, I would yeah love to do it again. <laughs> have you done it much outside yeah. of Europe? Oh no, actually no, I've never done it in Asia, like except Japan. It would be the my first time, but I did it in Morocco. How was it in Morocco? Uh, uh, Morocco was actually, it's okay, it worked. It worked. <laughs> Long waits though. <laughs> yeah, half hour, one hour. Okay, so not awful. Yeah, but if you, Just... talk, yeah. If you talk, actually it's easier than ending by the world. Many people was not actually Moroccans. It was like some European people on vacation who rented a car or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think once or twice Moroccans, but the rest was not. So you were going up to like gas stations, right, and talking to people there. Mm-hmm. I do it also like sometimes just the supermarkets, place in the parking. <laughs> I think it's a very different way to hitchhike. If you're not getting rides standing by the road, it seems to work a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think there are any ways that hitchhiking fundamentally changed you? Any lessons that it taught you that you think you couldn't have learned otherwise? Yeah, I got more interesting, more the people. It helped me a lot because I'm more curious, more I'm trying to more understand more people and more appreciate what they told, what they've done to me. And then I want to also give it back something. So... It's not just the giving. I like if something people do it to me, I really want to give it back. I've also got more self-confidence, I think. I was a bit more shy and then I was always hesitating to the people, strangers. But actually talking to strangers is very nice. They giving me another answer what that I never expected or like giving me really different way of the thinking. So it's really refreshing. You dropped me off at a truck stop. It's dark, and I don't feel like going much further. There's a wall of trees behind the trucks. I walk through, pushing branches aside, until I come out onto a clearing where no one will bother me and I can fall asleep. I tend to listen to podcasts while drifting off. They help me drown out my thoughts. Sleeping behind a truck stop has a similar effect. There are truckers walking, truckers talking, sound filtering through the trees. Maybe that's the best podcast. They go fast around here. I said, you know, with nine miles, I never go that far in America. I figure I might as well go on to twenty. The fellas are speed demons anyway. I doubt they care. There are three types of stories. There's history, his story, God's unfolded. There's mythology, which is of course my theology. 
and our understanding of the universe, and lastly, there's mystery. There's also fiction, but that's just lying. Listen here, you, you gotta come over, you gotta put tons overweight, okay? You gotta come over here and grab some of this, okay? The eggs are gonna spoil by tomorrow. I'm transporting eggs, fella. Yeah, you gotta come over and get it. Here I thought I had a, I had a truck full of chickens. Turns out I got a goat in my radiator. 